I'd like to thank KTMS 990 and Montecito Bank and Trust for making Scam Squad possible. I'm Patty Teal. And I'm Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. Scam Squad is up next. Sound off. One, two. Sound off. Three, four. One, two, three, four. Scam Squad. Welcome to another episode of Scam Squad. I'm Patty Teal, and I'm back again with Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson and our partners in stopping scams from Montecito Bank and Trust. Vicki, I'll let you do the honors, but welcome. Hi, thank you, Patty. And today we have Doris Roof, who is a senior fraud specialist from Montecito Bank and Trust, and she's always got great information for us. So welcome, Doris. Nice to have you with us again. Thank you so much for inviting me. And I understand today you're going to talk about P2P fraud as it's seen through the eyes of the bank. And I understand that's person-to-person payment devices or applications. Is that correct? That's correct. It's a way of moving money from yourself to another person very quickly and instantly. Okay. And can you give us an example of that? Is there a particular application that people are using a lot these days? There are numerous types of applications and probably one of the big ones that a lot of people are familiar with would be Venmo because that's Mm -hmm. a pretty popular one. And once again, that is money that moves from an account to an account or from a person's email to email. That's how Venmo moves their money. Now, a lot of banks are using Zelle. And from what I understand, Zelle is kind of like a short term for Gazelle because Gazelle, they're pretty fast animals. And that's where Zelle came from, is how quickly the money can be moved from person to person. And what happens at a bank is you go ahead and you have your online banking where you do all your checking of your transactions and balances and payments, et cetera. Well, you can also go ahead and sign up for Zelle and you go ahead and put in what are called tokens and tokens are phone numbers or email addresses, or you can do the account to account, but the account to account do take a little bit longer because they go via ACH. So a lot of people- What's what's ACH? The automatic clearing house. So that actually goes through a system that goes between banks and it's a payment that is paperless, but it takes longer because it does go through the Federal Reserve, et cetera. So it just goes from bank to bank and, you know, or um, you're making a payment using a bank. I almost considered it almost old fashioned now because so many people use the P to P, the person to person. So explain to me how that works. Somebody says, would you pay me by P to P and use them? What would I do? Would I have to have an account with a bank like Montecito Bank and Trust? You can go ahead and actually download the app. You can only have Zelle what is considered a profile in one location. So you can't open up a profile at Montecito Bank and Trust and then say, oh, well, I also want to have a Zelle over here at Bank of America, let's say. 
you can't do that. You would either have to disconnect or discontinue with Montecito Bank and Trust and set yourself up at Bank of America because you can only have one, what is considered one Zelle profile. Let's say I want to make a payment to you or to Patty. Let's say I owe Patty money and I want to send $100 to Patty and Patty says, could you please use Zelle? How would that work? Currently, I've already set myself up in through my Mm -hmm. online banking, and I've set myself up with my profile, giving my information, setting, and the bank validates all of the information. And then I could go ahead and start setting up where I want that money to go to. So I can either send it to you, Vicki, or to Patty by your phone number, or you can go ahead and give me your email address. And then it goes that way into that person's online or their Zelle account. It moves instantly. The bank must have your account number and you're instructing the bank to send X number of dollars to whomever. Yes. And it goes through what is considered that bank's processor in the background that will move the money for us. And what Zelle does, they use like a pseudo debit card number and they go ahead and even though it's not a debit card, they're using that to verify how the transactions are being moved. So it's easier to be located. So it is going through our processor and that processor knows where to send that money instantly via the information and it's checked. Before the show started, you indicated that the bank was seeing some fraud associated with these systems. Right. And what is happening is we've noticed that our customers are either getting a phone call or they're logging in what they think. I'll give you an example of one of our current ones that we just received, and that was through eBay. Our customer wanted to dispute something with the product that they had received. So they went out into the internet world and searched for the eBay phone number. And this is where it gets tricky. Mm -hmm. They were not on the legitimate eBay site. Uh And they happened to get onto a site with a phone number that was not legitimate. And that's who they called. And of course, they held on to our customer and started asking the questions. And well, let's go ahead. Let's try to get your money back. But you know what? We'd like to do this via Zelle. So let's have you sign in to your online banking. In this particular instance, they asked to remote in to their computer and they helped them set up the Zelle and pretty much instantly sent out close to $5,000 within seconds. And it went pretty quickly. And then the customer did start realizing they were not talking to who they thought they were talking to. And they did go ahead, shut down their computer and unplug it. But it already was too late. Oh, oh my goodness. It was that fast. Very fast. Of course, they contacted us and we told them, you know, we would try to research. And fortunately, we were able to recover $750, which is nothing compared to what was sent out. But that was only because there was a slight fluke in the information that was input. It's so interesting that you're bringing that up because just last week we were talking about the fact that if you Google a phone number, if you try and find the phone number for a company through Mm -hmm. Google, often the fraudsters will have paid money to have their phone numbers come up first. 
Yep. Uh, and so if somebody is looking for an eBay, they'll Google eBay and what will pop up first in line, it will be an illegitimate number, a yep. fraudster's phone yep. number. So that's how this person initially got sucked in. They called the wrong phone number. So yes. frustrating. It's very frustrating. And we have seen a couple of these instances where our customer, either they had somebody remote into their computer or had a pop-up, I should say. And we've talked numerous times about the pop-ups. Right. The pop-up and here, let me go ahead and help you, uh, et cetera. And they go ahead and help them set up a Zelle account and just take the money out and move it. And we've also had one particular person that was actually a suspect. And we could tell because he was getting numerous Zelle transactions coming into his account and taking that money out within two days. It was a new customer and we could tell within a week what he was doing and we shut down. It's happening in our backyard, you know, where even the suspects are here. You know, it's nice to know that you can monitor accounts that way and watch and see if something untoward is happening. Well, and we monitor from our end, but also we have monitoring from our processor side. So you have two areas that are watching transactions, you know, Mm -hmm. like how many, is that normal? You know, is it going to the same email, that type of thing, or same phone number? But the ones that are are difficult are where you're signing up initially because it's too new. There's nothing to compare to. Have you had any other experiences at the bank with Zelle and fraudulent transactions that you can talk about? Seems like Amazon is always a big one. They pretend to be Amazon. If someone is requesting payment person to person, P2P, question it. That is not normal. You're doing a P2P to people that you know, and that's what it's really set up for. You know, people you know, or you are making a payment to the gardener or, you know, healthcare, whatever, but it's something that you are doing, not someone asking you to do it. And so that's what we've put down payment via person to person question that it's never done. If someone asks you to download an app, do not do it. And this one's a little tricky request to access your computer or your phone. I would say 90% of the time, that is not a request that somebody legitimately will do. Those are good things to look for. If a company like Amazon or eBay is asking you to pay P2P or through Zelle, one of the P2P apps, then be suspicious. It's supposed to be person to person, not person to big company. Right. And not somebody asking you to do it. It's usually you want to send that money. You're setting it up, not someone asking you, but not all of a sudden someone's claiming that they're going to help you and they want you to download something or set up because we have noticed it. It's a lot of times people that do not have Zelle which we're fairly new to Zelle since last October. I can see that happening because Bill haven't set it up yet. But it is the way of the future. The text messages, the person to person, you know, Mm -hmm. receiving those text messages, it's big. So we really have to be on guard and be aware and know what to look for, what the warning signs are. And, you know, this is such a dilemma trying to figure out where to get a legitimate phone number. 
if it's my credit card company, I go to my credit card or my statement and I look there. But if I'm trying to get a legitimate phone number for eBay, for example, or Amazon, I'm not sure where I'd go. I mean, I guess look at my Amazon account and see if there's a phone number on my own Amazon account. We're still trying to figure some of that out. And once we have a better idea on what to look for to make sure it's a legitimate site, besides hovering, because hovering over the internet address does sometimes give you clues. When you've typed in Amazon and it pops up and you click on that link, hover over that link up in the address and see what it comes up with, because a lot of times you can tell from that. Okay. It won't come up Amazon. It'll come up something else. It could come up with Amazon, but it'll also have something else in it. Mm -hmm. So they'll have something in addition to just Amazon because they want you to still think you're dealing with Amazon, but it may have Amazon too or something else or the M may be an M. You know, so just look at it really closely for that. Well, thanks for sharing that important information. Is that all for today? (laughs) I think that's, yeah, that's funny. Yeah. I think that's that's pretty good for today. That's very good information. Thank you so much. Great information. Thank you so much, Doris. You're welcome. And Patty, do we have any time for some good news? Yes, I always have time for good news. This is really good news. So I don't know if you remember... Quite a few years ago, the Department of Justice sued Western Union because Western Union was allowing fraudsters to use their services to take people's money. For most of the scams, the fraudsters were saying, well, go down to Western Union. We want you to go down to Western Union. Well, there were people in Western Union that knew this was going on, and they did not take any precautions to shut it down, even though they knew this was happening. And the three scams that were particularly egregious in terms of the amount of money that got transferred through Western Union, the grandparent scam, you know, where your grandchild's in trouble, the romance scam, and lottery and sweepstakes. Those were the three biggies. The fraudsters really wanted you to use Western Union. Well, so Department of Justice several years ago sued Western Union and got a big, big sum of money to compensate those victims who had been defrauded. The first two distributions paid more than $300 million Ooh. to over 142,000 victims, all of whom received full compensation. Well, there's now going to be a third distribution. And they're allowing people to once again submit claims. So if you were taken in by the grandparent scam, sweepstakes and lottery, a romance scam, and you had to pay through Western Union, you can now file a claim and maybe qualify to get some of that money back. So I wanted to give the website. It's www westernunionremission.com. All right. Once again, www. And this is all one word for the website. Western Union Remission, R-E-M-I-S-S-I-O-N.com. So I just wanted to get the word out there to folks who may have given up ever getting any money back or didn't file a claim in the first place that more money is available. Thank you, Vicki, for sharing that. I hope some of our local people hear that and get some of the money that they're deserving of. Yeah, me too. Yeah, Yeah. thank you. All right, until next week, everybody.
Thanks, Patty. Thank right. you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.